0: Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode.
1: This is Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine, and I'm joined by Frank Borelli, the editorial director of Officer Media Group. How's it going today, Frank? It's going well, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. So, in uh, just, you know, when we post this episode, it's going to be a, a day after is Thanksgiving uh, for this year, twenty twenty two, and we wanted to give thanks. We wanted to think of you know talk about things that we're grateful for. And um, as someone who has worked for this publication for uh, a little bit over fifteen years now, um, I, I'm very grateful to the work that law enforcement does. Um, we depend on them every day, and really, you know, I just just extremely grateful and being able to see the job that they do and interact with them at conferences and um, you know when I when I do interviews, phone calls uh, and in person, just just eternally grateful for everything that you guys do. And uh, so Frank, if you could talk about as now a newly retired um, officer, what um what some of the things are that you're grateful for?
0: so i'm gonna th- I'm, I'm gonna express my appreciation
1: my thanks for the job as
0: well. So you've been here a little more than 15 and um, in about three weeks, I'll have my 15th anniversary with the company. And it's, it's been a, a pleasure to continue to serve the law enforcement community through this outlet. Um, so, so I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful for the support we get from the industry. Uh, I mean, I'm even thankful for competition because they keep us on our toes. Um, you know, as a retired officer, I look back at 40 years of service, and I'm thankful for those people in the community that really do appreciate law enforcement. And and it's different to say, hey, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm glad I see the guy out in the uniform in the car. I'm glad I see the girl on the beat, whatever. It's entirely different when somebody stops and actually thinks about it and says, I want to thank you. It's Thanksgiving, and you left your wife and kids at home, and you're out here protecting me and my family. That's a different level of appreciation, and and I I'm I was always thankful for those folks, for the folks that truly tried to get it, and not just say thank you, shake your hand, but the people who really they went out of their way to try to understand the sacrifices that that law enforcement officers make, and, and to try to express appreciation at that level. And those those were the folks I was always thankful for them because I knew if I had to work on Thanksgiving and it was three thirty four o'clock. And I was going to be getting dinner from 7-Eleven that I could go knock on their door. Or if they saw me go going by, they would wave me in and and I was going to get a a plate full of homemade food from them. And there might be some people who think that's a really bad idea or it's some kind of gratuity or whatever. You know, you wouldn't think about it. If you're serving your community, somebody shows up at the firehouse with, uh, you know, five buckets of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A or something. Everybody just says thank you. and, And they accept the gift. Um, it's an expression of appreciation. If, if a citizen in your community gives you a plate full of food and says thank you in that fashion, it, there's, you, you can't turn it down. Certainly, you don't want to. And, it's, and it is a greater level of, of appreciation expressed from them. And I was always appreciative for those
1: people. Great. And, you know, if you could talk a little bit about, you know, the, the changes in even the things that are used on patrol. Uh, on duty um, apparel, um, you know, technology. Uh, th- uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm laughing hard because my very first thought was, I'm so thankful body
0: armor got lighter and more comfortable. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So that's I, I wanted to touch on some of these things. That yeah, it's you know, not not just getting things, but thinking about some of the things that have changed on the job throughout the years. Like you know the the weight of body armor and other gear. But if you could just talk about that, some of the apparel, some of the equipment, even like uh, you know the the patrol vehicles have those have become. Oh my gosh!
0: Well, so yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's hard not to be thankful for it if you've been around long enough. I remember when I first started. Um, I think my first patrol car was a, a 1980 or 81 Dodge Diplomat or something. God, they were squared off. We thought they were the coolest looking cars in the world. And they were just <laughs> not attractive cars. Yeah, uh, with bubble light light bars on them and. Um, you know, steel cages, radios. Some and Back then, some folks, your, your radios didn't come out of the car. You didn't have portable radios yet for some people. Certainly, there was no such thing as a mobile data terminal or a laptop in your car. Um, your your handheld flashlight had anywhere from two to four D-cell batteries in it. It was a huge metal thing. Uh, and Maglite makes great lights, don't get me wrong, but they were not lightweight. They weren't convenient. Um, and uniforms, everything was polyester or polycotton blend. Uh, and and everything was dry clean only, and you were wearing leather you had to polish, and brass you had to polish, and, you know, we've come so far. The the body armors want a a different thing. Um, Even, you know, the handguns that we carry and and the weapons that we have are uh, issued, whether they're lethal force weapons or less lethal weapons, the only less lethal weapon we had back then were two. We had tear gas and nightsticks, and the nightsticks were wooden, and they were 26 inches long. There was no collapsible, nothing. And that great grammar. Um, All of the evolution that's occurred, that's made the uniforms more comfortable, the equipment lighter weight, uh, everything more durable, everything wash and wear. And and I know that when COVID happened, there was a huge push for wash and wear because you couldn't get anything dry cleaned. Um, More comfortable shoes. I used to have to fight my chief so I could wear boots uh, in the wintertime rather than uh, dress shoes, low quarter dress shoes. And just everything, everything needed to be more comfortable. And and it it really is compared to 40 years ago. Uh, I was at the range with a, a friend of mine not that long ago. And when, when I first qualified, I qualified with a four inch 357 Magnum. We had speed loaders. Some of the, the guys that had been around long enough knows what those are. You had to worry about flash gap, you had recoil, and there was no recoil absorption system like there is in a semi-automatic. But I'm at the range with this much younger firearms instructor. He's been on the street about 15 years, and uh, we shoot to semi-autos all the time, the nine millimeters. And I took my revolver out there to the range, and he fired the first round of that 357 and looked at me and like, "Holy oh, good lord, what the heck was that?" And it's like, "Yeah, oh no, you got five more shots. Come on, and we got to do a reload drill. Come on, you got to go. We're under time. Let's yeah. go." And I'm thankful for every bit of evolution that's made the job easier, even
1: though some aspects of the job have gotten so much more difficult. So not only with, um, you know, on-duty apparel and equipment, all that stuff, but, um, but the technology as far as, you know, data analytics and the technology that goes into things like the body cameras and the dashboard cameras and all of the data that's transmitted now as far as, uh, you know, not only closing cases, but also, you know, uh, being in to argue things in court um, to have something recorded is very important. Um, How has that changed things?
0: Well, I mean, when I first started, there was no dashboard camera and certainly there was no body cam, but of course there was no cell phone cameras either. There's no cell phones. If they were, they were briefcase size. Um, Those are a mixed blessing, honestly. I think uh, depending on how they're used by the administration, certainly the videos captured um, have exonerated more officers in false accusations of wrongdoing then they have prosecuted them and they've turned into great tools for evidence against the suspects we arrest. So uh, they, they've done us a lot of good, even though they're a little bit of a pain in the rear end. And uh, there is the, the the option for administration to use them in a negative fashion, uh, purely for disciplinary purposes, the data. Um, if it's used right. And if the software manipulating the the data mining and the data reporting is, is, Of value, it's phenomenal. I mean, you go from not knowing, you you pull a traffic stop for speeding or a broken taillight, you're walking up on the car, and you don't know if that person's wanted for multiple homicides, or just robbed a bank, or you mean, you have no clue. But if you have the right data management tools, and and you take the time to put the the, um, license plate in, um, before you make your approach, if if your tactics are right, you've got the information before you make the approach. The registered owner, registered driver, of the vehicle, you know whether or not they've got prior criminal history, whether they have any open warrants, whether they've got a violent crime past. Um, if there's lookouts for the vehicle that matches that uh, that description, you you get that. So the being armed with the information. Allows us to act more appropriately and helps to mitigate some of the unnecessary risk that comes with the unknown. And yeah, that that didn't exist 40 years ago. There was, I remember uh, my agency in the early 90s, early to mid 90s was one of the first agencies in Maryland to uh, do some work with um, on board with mobile data terminals, and um, it
1: was it was awesome to have that tool in the car. Great. And you know, just uh we'll keep this one kind of short so everybody can go out and uh run their errands for get last second things to make Thanksgiving dinner with uh or to prepare for your uh shift tomorrow. Right. And yeah, and uh just basically, you know, when when you look at it now, um, with with the overall I guess atmosphere or feeling towards you know law enforcement out there. Where do you think it is? Because you know, right around COVID, it was it was bad. It was it was it was well, really bad. Um, but you know, from what I've seen, it's a little bit better now. Um, a lot of the defund the, the police talk has you know kind of well. Stopped that stopped a to haunt
0: the politicians that pushed it because of, of course now they're having yeah.
1: to beg for funding. But yeah. uh, I mean, and, and, it's it's, Paul is like, yeah. I think
0: we're still doing fine. I think yeah. law enforcement still appreciated by and large. I think some of the criminals are are very much emboldened because we have laws where they yeah. can't be held or they can't be charged. Of you course, can't do this, you can't do that. And They're going to walk free and they know it. So they're there's no punishment and they're emboldened to commit the crimes that they want to commit anyway. Um, our bigger challenge right now is the negativity that's been reported and been pushed uh, with inflation the way it is and, and pay not necessarily going up to match recruiting and retention. Is still a yeah. big, big challenge, and, and it's uh, it's a morale issue as well because short-staffed agencies, um, are, you know, the, the, I'm not going to say they're overworking their officers, but they're asking their officers for more and more hours, or you know, fewer days off, or you know, whatever it is, doing training on your own time, and nobody should have to do that, <laughs> and it's it's becoming. That's that's the big issue right now. I, I mean, I think our community is getting back to the realization that without law enforcement, you have an anarchy situation that's just not good for anybody. But uh, until we get people who want to become law enforcement officers again and they have to be driven, it can't just be for the paycheck. Paycheck's nice, but they have to in their heart want to sacrifice to help people. And if we don't find those recruits and, and then um, nurture them and help them grow and bring them along we're going to face challenges for, for a lot of years to come.
1: Yeah. I I would just like to, again, uh, thank all the law enforcement officers out there that might be listening to us and uh, you know, wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. And yeah, if you guys want to share any of your thoughts with us, anything you'd like us to, you know, cover in the, in the future, any suggestions, just reach out for us, uh, out to us at editors at officer.com. As editors at officer.com. And is there anything you want to add, Frank, before we sign off?
0: I want all of our listeners to stay safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I don't think there's anything worse that can happen as you get injured or hurt, God forbid, killed on a holiday. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. And Paul, thanks
1: for your time today, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Frank. Thanks, everybody. And uh, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.